2: Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio and welcome to Transformation FM. I'm Dr. Pat. I am also joined by my sidekick for today, Mr. Benny. How you be, be? I be good. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> Benny, be good. Did Mm -hmm. I just come up with that? There we go. I I think we've heard that one before. Come on. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Did you have a good weekend? I did. Thanks very much for asking. I um, did a little uh,
0: park activities with the boys, and we also went to uh, the Issaquah Salmon Hatchery out in Issaquah. Of course, the Salmon Days Festival is coming up uh, very shortly here, and it's the running of the salmon. So they're coming back up the stream. So they got to see the boys got to see the salmon. You know, making their way up and uh, doing their thing, so to speak. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Sometimes I think we think we're salmon. And I think we think we can, like, like swim upstream. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're not built like salmon. And although we think we can, we don't do a great job of it. Um, salmon, absolutely delicious. I have a friend who is a fisher person. He goes out on these uh, fishing boats, mm-hmm. uh, wild-caught, uh, kindly-caught fish. And he just brought me two cases. I'm not talking like two pounds, like imagine a case of these delicious frozen on the boat fillet, not a bone in them, on the boat, two cases of those for me for the winter.
0: Awesome. It's good stuff right there. It's good stuff right there.
2: Oh, it is so good. You know, uh, also what we do is really good, Benny, because, you know, part of this is how do we raise our vibration? Now, you all have heard me talk about that. But sometimes we have to change it up a little bit. You know, we have to look at what are we doing? How are we doing it? And, you know, if it is not working the way you want, guess what? You got to have a change it up moment. Got to have one. And I'm not going to go into my little preacher, change it up voice, Benny, for today. But it is so important to do that. You know, look, any of you that have been in sports and have watched sports, I'm not even going to mention the Seahawks today. Uh Uh-oh, but I just did. Um, You're thinking to yourself, why don't they just do this? Why don't they just do that? Well, part of the issue is that we're caught in the middle of chaos, And most of the chaos is happening in our own minds. And it's one thing to say, I'm going to be out in the world. I'm going to live my best life. And inside, inside, you are just boiling up. You have such anger, emotions, things going on. You're not quite sure what to do. And then maybe you do something strange. Maybe you hit that send button on Facebook, or maybe you say that thing on a phone call. Or maybe if you're like me, you tell your boss, no way am I going to do that. Well, guess what? Today's show is to get some help. Doug Knoll is joining me here today. Deescalate your life. Now, why is this a powerful message? And what is it about Doug? That is so perfect for this. Guess what? Successful trial lawyer for 22 years. Do you think maybe he knows a little bit something about this? But here he is. He's dedicated his life to constructive solutions to human conflict. Whether you're driving down the highway or somebody cuts you off or you're in the middle of a battle with your community or legislation, it doesn't matter. Doug is somebody that knows how to turn that chaos and crisis into a state of peace and flow. This is his calling. Today, we have a couple of the books that we're going to give away today. He is an award-winning author of three books, Teacher, Speaker, Trainer. This book, De-Escalate, How Did He Know? How did he know we would need to know how to calm an angry person in ninety seconds or less? Doug, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Doctor Pat, it's great to be here.
2: I'm telling you, if we don't if if we don't get to it in ninety seconds, it can get really ugly sometimes, can it?
1: Yeah, uh, ugly and violent, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, growing up on the streets of New York City, um, you know, I think that it's not just that New New York City is different than other places in the world. It's not. But there are more opportunities, shall I say, to have conflict on a minute by minute basis because there's so many peoples, there's so many things. But that's not the trend we're seeing. We're seeing conflict or escalation, if we could just use that word regardless of where we are, are are you aren't you seeing this as well
1: well i think we i think you're right we live in today we happen to live in a very angry world and part of that is caused by our political leaders who mm. have used the anger for their own purposes they really don't care about helping people what they care about is aggrandizing power to themselves and the way they do that is to appeal to narrow tribes get those tribes angry and motivated and What we have is what we have as a result of that.
2: You know, this is really in the world that you live in and writing this book, which is amazing. um, We have to have ways to get this handled. We really do. What have you found in your travels, in your talks, you know, sharing your knowledge, sharing, you know, some of the things you're What do you hear people saying, Doug? What are they saying? You know, what are they saying about feeling a loss of control or feeling emotional upheaval? What are folks saying?
1: Well, the sense I get is that people in the beginning uh, of my workshops and Mm -hmm. my talks are skeptical that you can actually calm an angry person in 90 seconds or less. And then when they learn this skill, the skill set, and then practice it, they are absolutely amazed and thrilled that it actually works. They can't believe that it, it actually works. And then when mm-hmm. they do it, the first time it, it happens, they say, oh, that was just a fluke. And the second time they do it, well, that, was, that was kind of a fluke. And the third time they do it, they feel, wow, this stuff really works. I can de-escalate my world. I can calm people down. And it's easy. All I got to do is pay attention. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. And, you know, and people I I will also mm-hmm. say, you know, the book just yeah. came out two weeks ago.
2: Yeah.
1: I have been so gratified by the response to the book. People everywhere are emailing me saying thank you for writing this book. The tools are amazing. So, I think that I think it's really the, the timing is right and people are really resonating with the idea that um, that there are Proven ways of calming people down. All we have to do is have the desire to do it and and know how to do it. It's a skill. It's counterintuitive. It's not like anything anybody's ever done before. But it's yeah. not
2: hard. I was reading one of the reviews that uh, they folks wrote, and by the way, uh, it, the book is available everywhere. But if you want to get it on Amazon, you can go to Amazon and you know get a copy of the book, Deescalate. But I was reading one of the reviews, and one of the things that I was really struck by is that. A lot of times we think that this idea of de-escalation is something that we just use for our kids, right? Maybe a, maybe a, a fight breaks out in a schoolyard or you know, something happens in a sport. You know We see this 24/7, right? But it's not just for that. You know It's for pretty much every person in a relationship of some kind with another person.
1: That, that's right. And I would say that even, even if you're talking about kids, the way we go about dealing with conflicts with kids is completely wrong. It's it's emotionally invalidating in and in a very pervasive form of a, emotional abuse. And one of the things that I want to do is teach people other ways of dealing with children who are in conflict so that we don't abuse them and we teach them emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, and it's very easy to do with these skills. But unfortunately, parents don't have these skills. Their parents didn't have the skills. And so what they they pass on to the children... Are, is the message that emotions are bad. And um, that that resonates in adulthood in many, many really negative ways.
2: Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this question. I have a friend and she's one of our hosts, uh, Claudette Rowley. Her work is on building a a, a, a brilliant culture. She talks about a cultural brilliance. How much of an effect is it, Doug? In your opinion, how much of an effect is on? Is it on um, what goes on in the outside world? We we alluded uh, to before the sh- before a few minutes ago. we Alluded to the fact that you know we have some angry politicians. Now I've seen angry politicians before. I mean I, I, I'm I'm like a '70s kid, right? So I've seen it before but there's anger and then there is anger. Are there different, are there 50 shades of anger here, Doug? Oh, oh.
1: (laughs) absolutely. You know, anger is, if we, if we look at anger as a category, I mean, uh, think of it this way. Think about when we think about an automobile, Mm -hmm. we can think of a million different kinds of automobiles that all fit within the category of the word automobile. Anger is the same way. When you think of anger, there are all kinds of instances of anger that represent the concept of anger that that have a are really broad and deep in terms of our human experience so and it's all on it's it's almost three-dimensional in terms of the breadth and depth of what we experience when we experience this thing we call anger Um, and that's true for any emotion Uh, emotions are constructed in our brains uh, automatically in in the moment and and um, we learn we learn categories of emotions So absolutely. And we're seeing we're seeing what what I think we're seeing now, at least at the political level, is a manipulation uh, that is that is really um, Machiavellian, maybe unintentional, but certainly Machiavellian and and uh, certainly not good for the country or for the individuals that live in the country.
2: Yeah, and you know, I, I think you and I are talking about many many levels of this. You know, clearly there's this not good for the for the country at an emotional level, at a at a let's just call it you know a psycho emotional level. But then there's not good for the country at a fear based level.
1: Right. Exactly. You know, exactly.
2: at touting war, uh, exactly. things that really rise up and escalate. The escalation process within an individual goes off the charts. When we come back, I want to talk with you about that escalation that happens in people and what you decided to do with your life and why. It, you know, we're talking about Doug Knoll joining us here today, peacemaker lawyer. Yes, I did say that. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back.
0: Are you struggling in a relationship and deeply craving some tools and support to get things back on track? Do you crave having a loving, compassionate relationship with Mr. Right, but always seem to pick Mr. Wrong? Well, Sarah Luce can help. She's created a four-week online course starting September 28th that will teach you how to shift your energy and behavior to have new transformative outcomes. And you're going to get a personal one-on-one session with Sarah to ensure you get powerful personal results. Sign up today at SaraLuce.com.
2: Tune in to Mainstream Metaphysics Radio to harness your connection with the universe to affect change for optimal success and happiness. Name one of the country's top psychics. Eve now brings her insights and gifts to this weekly hit call-in show. Joined by visionaries, leaders, and gifted others, but mostly you. Jot it down. Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com.
0: Powerful insight and practical tools to support you on your spiritual journey. Access your higher self and tune in every second and fourth Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific to A Life Untethered with Andrew Martin, Walking the Path of Freedom. Andrew is a highly attuned, intuitive oracle, energy worker, spiritual teacher, and international radio host. For more about Andrew and his services, visit thelightedones.com.
2: Visit the website and contact her at
0: voicesofwomentoday.com. That's voicesofwomentoday.com. Discover the healing medicine from the giant monkey tree frog Cambo. Cambo practitioner Ginny Rutherford and professional psychic Todd Rolson have come together for lively discussions of alternative healing medicines from the Amazon. Ginny and Todd bring you Cambo Talk Radio. Tune in each Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific to hear from guests all over the world with real life stories and the medicinal benefits of Cambo. For more information, visit cambokiss.com.
2: everybody welcome back you know this is one of these things that i'm so glad that i get to talk with doug knoll today for a lot of reasons one he's fabulous his work is so needed in the world today two he and i are probably two of the least likely people to have been picked out of whatever school book to be doing what we're doing in the world today but here we are and 3 The world needs the solution that he's been able to create for people. Doug, before we we talk about escalation, de-escalation, mediation, first of all, congratulations on the book. And how can people find out more about you? How can they get a copy of the book?
1: So the book is available in all the usual places, but I have a, a benefactor who's put up some money, and we have a deal for people. If you're willing to pay the shipping and handling charges $7, we'll buy the book for you. And we want you to ask, we could give the book away, but we want people to have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to take advantage of that offer, go to my website, DougNoll, dot com, And there's a banner there. Click on the banner. It'll take you to the order page. Just put in your shipping and credit card information. You'll be charged seven bucks, and the book will be on its way to you in a couple of days. Mm and yeah. you'll also get an opp you'll also get an opportunity if you're interested and want deeper learning there's a video course that I have online and you'll be able to get that too if you want it you don't have to of course but it's there we're offering that at a deep discount too because it's very important that people learn these skills
2: yeah. And I want to just tell everyone that's listening. So when you when you uh, find yourself looking at the book, I just want you to be prepared for the level the level of solution and possibility that Doug is bringing to the table. You know, you're going to be able to learn about what the secret to deescalating is, but you're also going to learn that this is applicable to children that are upset, to adults. But most importantly, what are the skills that Doug helps us to learn? What does it mean to be an empathetic listener? Also, how do we resolve our own inner conflict? How do we do that? Um, Bullying is not a way of life. Let's just get that really clear out of the gate. Bullying is not the new norm. Doug, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your kindness. I want to talk a little bit about what escalation is so that we can then understand de-escalation you know i was sharing something during the break where as a kid walking through uh central park myself and some friends all of a sudden we get jumped next thing i know knives are flying blood is flying and people are dying and i said something to you that my mom said and growing up as kids, you know what, there's a point of no return. And you said, which I loved hearing, maybe, maybe not. We'll talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. But escalation, de-escalation, right. what so, is it?
1: So when we, talk about, when we talk about escalation from my perspective, we're talking about emotional escalation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is that there's an arousal state that overcomes us that is going to dictate how we behave and how we respond to any given environmental condition that we find ourselves in, whether it's being jumped by a bunch of muggers in Central Park or being deeply insulted by a boss or a coworker. How we typically what's going to happen is is most people do not have the skill set, have not been taught the skill set um of how to de-escalate a situation or how to protect themselves from becoming escalated when they're confronted with um a situation that, that would normally escalate people, whether it's a physical assault or a verbal assault. Um, now, from a physical assault, it's a little different. I mean, there you need to, if you really want to protect yourself there and be prepared, then you really need to have martial arts training. And I'm a secondary black belt and a Tai Chi master. So that kind of thing I understand. So we're really talking about verbal Assaults that occur all the time where people get angry. They become disrespectful How do you protect yourself against escalating, having your brain escalate you to defend back? um, And so that you can maintain your calm and equanimity no matter what people are saying to you no matter how loud They're screaming at you no matter how disrespectful they are and that's really the art of de-escalation is understanding how how to do that three really simple steps but they're very counterintuitive
2: yeah. stuff
1: you would never think about, and and I, the way I developed this was uh, was by fortu- first of all fortuity I, I stumbled mm-hmm. across this idea in a mediation in two thousand four, and then I ran across um, a study by Matthew Lieberman who I understand he was at UCLA and now understand he's at Harvard, uh-huh. who who did brain scanning studies of this of this skill of this technique and showed what happens in our brains, when This happens. And so now we have the science to explain what's really going on and why it works every time without fail.
2: You know, this is really kind of the answer to the pain that people are experiencing with escalation and levels of anger, levels of frustration, Um, many, many language, many, many words we can use. I want to ask you this question. What have you seen in the work that you do in mediation? And if you could explain it by, (sighs) I'd love to hear an example of maybe a scenario where you've actually used this because... Once we go down the ugly pathway, there's really no way of knowing just how ugly it's going to get, is there?
1: Well, I mean, actually, it again, it depends. If you're trained like I am and have the experience that I do, when I look at human conflict, it's highly predictable. There is no chaos. Mm. There is no drama. I know exactly what's going on with people. I know exactly what to do. I can watch their behaviors, watch how they act, watch how they talk, and I can assess what I need to do in the next moment to help them calm down and get into problem solving. For the untrained person, it looks like chaos and drama. Uh, But really, human beings are extremely predictable in the way that they respond to conflict. And once you understand that, then it's easy to have compassion for people and just say, oh, this person is just being really emotional right now, so I need to help them through that process. So let me tell you a story about how yeah. I stum- stumbled on this, because I think yeah. it's the greatest example of of how this works. So I was called into a mediation in 2004 in Santa Barbara, California, and it was a couple that had been divorced. They were married for some 20 years. The husband had ended up suing the ex-wife for $18,000 over a minor thing, but they'd spent $50,000 each on attorney's fees. And the attorneys had basically thrown up their hands and said, oh, these people are impossible. Noel, get in here and make this thing go away. <laughs> So I had them in a conference room without any lawyers. And before I even sat down, they were already cussing each other out. I mean at the top of their lungs. Some of the most insulting, vile language flying between them that you can possibly imagine. These people were, if they had guns, they would have literally shot each other. Mm. So I kind of sat there and watched them for a few minutes, kind of figuring out what to do. And, and I really didn't have a clue about what I was, how I was going to help these people. But then a thought came to me. It said, listen to the emotions. So I turned to the woman, who we'll call Susan. I said, Susan, shut up. Shut up, everybody. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It's very directive. They kind of look at me stunned. And I said, Susan, I want you to listen to John, but I want you to ignore his words. And I want you to guess at what he's feeling. And then I want you to tell us what you think John is feeling. What are his emotions? So I got her agreement to do that. In the beginning, she could not do it. But finally, Mm -hmm. she started figuring it out, and she said, you're angry, you're frustrated, and got all the way through John's story about what this was all about. And she never once talked about his words. She only talked about his feelings. She only reflected back what he was feeling. And he kept saying, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's right. Then I had John do the same process with Susan. Susan would tell her story, and she would be vile and Cussing him out and just getting escalated. And he would say, you're really angry. You're really frustrated. He'd ignore the words. This whole process took about 20 minutes, going back and forth, telling their stories and reflecting emotions. When they were done, John put his head, his face in his hands and began to sob. And it was uncontrollable and, I mean, really powerful. And it took him about a couple minutes to clear it. And then he looked up at her and he said, that's the first time you've listened to me in 25 years. Oh. And the case settled five minutes after that. And I said, what the heck is going on here? What happened? Well, I had no clue. All I knew is that I'd have this idea about listening to emotions. And then I ran across Lieberman's study three years later and the light bulb went on. Oh, this is what happened. This Mm -hmm. explains why this labeling, this labeling of emotions works. This is what's going on in the brain when this happens. Totally get it. So then I said, now, how do I teach other people how to do this? So I started figuring out a curriculum To teach people how to do this but i ran into resistance because people are so not used to listening to emotions they're so used to listening to words the idea of listening and reflecting back somebody's feelings felt really weird and people felt vulnerable and they felt like they were being stupid or something was wrong here so it's just taken a long time for people for for me to understand that and to help people recognize that we're 98 percent emotional two percent rational the whole idea that human beings are rational is a bunch of it's a myth yeah, um, it's always been always been a myth. The Enlightenment people were wrong. Plato was wrong, um, you know. Um, Augustine, the bishop of Hippo, was wrong when he injected mm-hmm. Neoplatonism into Christian theology. I mean, they're all wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Totally misguided. The law is wrong. It's all wrong. The totally misguided perspectives on what he, what it means to be a human being.
2: I think it was wishful thinking, honestly. I really do. I think it was, I think it was wishful thinking. I think probably was Uh, the thing is
1: that people would see the devastation of uncontrolled emotions and say, this is horrible. And so we have to be rational in order to avoid having these horrible emotional escalations that would cause all this problem. The difficulty is that up until just a few years ago, we didn't know anything about emotion. We didn't know how all this worked. And Mm -hmm. so that we had really inadequate tools we're dealing with emotion, with human, other people's human emotions, and our own. Now we have the tools, and they work, and they're powerful. It's brand new. This stuff is brand new, and so there's no wonder that people are a little skeptical because I'm taking four thousand years worth of knowledge and saying, "Uh-uh, doesn't work." Here's the science. Here's how it works. Try it yourself and figure it out for yourself. So yes. it's an interesting journey. And estimate, a- the book talks about all this.
2: It does, and that's what I love about this is because. You know, it really gives us an opportunity to change our point of view. We're going to take a short break. We come back. We've got two copies of Doug's book to give away. And the question really is, what can we learn from this approach, from what Doug is willing to share us? What can we learn before we hit that send button? The one on your email, the one on your Facebook page, the one on your Twitter account, the one that you're doing of the selfie. What can we learn before we literally take that finger and hit that piece of plastic? Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Are you ready to start winning at the game of life? Lynn Brown, host of Get Into It, Winning at the Game of Life is here to help you reach places and goals that you never thought possible. Lynn is an intuitive healer with a specialized background in financial healing. She combines her intuitive nature and her wholesome approach to financial planning. To learn more about her financial planning services, contact her personally at letter R, letter U, intuit.com. Hi, this is Laura Richer, host of On The Verge Radio. Sometimes you hear encouraging messages like, transform your life now, become empowered, create the life you crave, and it all seems overwhelming, and you're not sure where to start. I'm here to tell you that self-improvement is not always fun and easy, but it is always worth it. The path to creating positive changes begins with releasing the things that have been holding you back. Then you can create a life that inspires you. I know this because I've done it. You can find out more about what I do by visiting my website, seattlehealinghypnosis.com. I look forward to supporting you on your journey. Amber Teal, founder of The Healthy Edge, is bringing you the hit show, Healthy Edge Radio, living with power, passion, and purpose. Amber provides the support and tools necessary for you to finally release the weight and emotions that are hidden beneath the weight. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information on how you can take the next step with Amber, visit GetTheHealthyEdge.com. Live your magnificence, for the love of joy is a precious gift offered to us by Robert Schoenfeld host of the art of powerful living radio he takes us on an incredible 30-day adventure to expand our minds and hearts with the nectar of life love and joy this book will help you bring more joy love health abundance adventure romance and magnificence into your life
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Penny, let's give a copy, first copy of the book away, which I'd love to do. Deescalate your life and the world. And yes, both your life and the world. Um, my very special guest today, Doug Noll, is joining me here today. Uh, first copy of the book we'd love to give away 1 800 930 2819. 1 800 930 2819. Doug, let's take a minute to and, and let folks know how they can find out more about you. But you're also involved in a, a creating a a project, a way for people to engage in the Prison of Peace project. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we get back to the topic here? Sure.
1: One of the things that happened, as I was saying earlier, is that I, I was facing a lot of skepticism and ridicule about this idea of listening to emotions. And um, so an opportunity came up, Uh, with a colleague of mine, Laurel Coffer, to teach murderers how to become peacemakers. Mm -hmm. And that started with a letter that we received from a woman serving a life sentence without possibility of parole, who was then incarcerated in the largest, most violent women's prison in the world, which happened to be here in California. Mm -hmm. And we started the Prison of Peace Project. And our foundational skill was learning how to listen to the emotions of others, because if inmates could deescalate each other, they could stop the violence. And from there, we taught them how to be peacemakers and ultimately train them in mediation skills. Well, we started with 15 women. It became so popular so fast that we had a waiting list of over 200 women. So we decided we needed to train trainers. And um, slowly it expanded. We were in the women's prison for three years. It was repurposed to a men's prison. We started getting calls from the warden saying, would you please come back and teach the men? We said no, because this is all pro bono. We weren't getting paid a dime for this work and it was just stuck in a stride. Mm-hmm. But finally, we said yes. So then it was three more years in the men's prison having exactly the same results, um, teaching guys how to be men and women, how to be peacemakers and meat eaters. They were stopping gang rights. They were stopping violence. They were mediating, peacemaking, reconciling families. I mean, the stories were unbelievable. And then finally, we were about to close the whole project down because we weren't getting paid and we we couldn't afford to continue to do this, when we got a very a substantial grant from the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, uh. and now we are in nine prisons in California. Where we have a colleague who came over and studied with us, and she has started Prison of Peace in Greece, so all the all the materials have been translated into Greek, and she's got six more prisons that are going to open there, and we are now in discussions. Where we got a, a planning grant to, to see whether or not we can do a, a project in Connecticut with the Connecticut prisons. What we have found is that that is that when you're dealing with uh, inmates, especially lifers and long-termers, they a certain group of those people are attracted to the idea of becoming a peacemaker and changing their lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we take them through a very rigorous curriculum. We teach it like a graduate course because we're both graduate law professors, and we 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 train at a very high level, and um, they. They just change before our eyes. We're working I'll just one story that I think is so funny. Yeah. This is we're working at at Corcoran State Prison, which is one of the two very um, (coughs) intense secured lockdown facilities in California. We're working in the secured housing unit. We're really literally 100 feet away from where Charles Manson is housed in his cell. Mm -hmm. And we're working with people who are coming out of gangs, men who are coming out of gangs. These people have led nothing but violent lives. So about six weeks into our training, we got a call from the warden and he said, what are you guys doing? My inmates don't want to leave here. They are (laughs) saying, don't move me out. I need to finish this training. Please don't move me out. And I mean, these guys are in shackles and I mean, it's it's secured housing at the highest level. And they are so appreciative and so amazed at what they're learning, even though they come in extremely skeptical um, can't believe that there's anybody from the outside who can teach them something that would be useful to them. And we do. And they become extremely powerful peacemakers. Um, and, you know, it's just been a, an incredible project. We've trained over 1,000 inmates. We've had about, I'd say we probably have three or 400 that have been released to our knowledge. Zero reports of recidivism so far. No reoffending. Um, and the, And the people inside have really quieted prisons down. That first prison we started in, Valley State Prison for when we got an unsolicited letter from the warden saying, as a result of Prison at Peace, the, the prison is completely quieted down. Wow. And here's the thing that really gives me hope. We were talking earlier about our yeah. our nation and communities. What we learned yeah, yeah. was it takes a very small population of people, very small percentage of the total population committed to peace, using practical effective tools like I teach in DeEscalate, to change things around. We don't need to have 10, I'd like to have 10 million people buying the book, but in any given community, I just need 1% of the people trained in and using these skills and within a year, everything will change. It's that fast and it takes, it, 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 it is amazing to watch how it spreads virally throughout a population. And if it works in a maximum security prison, I have no reason to believe that it won't work on the outside.
2: What a great story that you just shared, because you're right about that. I want to ask you this question, and I know you cover it in the book, and the difference between escalation and, uh, uh, what do I want to say, evil and violence. Let's just call it evil and violence, right? Right. Um, So…
1: So, so I, the question that I raise in the book is how is yeah. a mediator? How do we respond to evil?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the first thing, the first thing to do is to define what what is evil. What do we yeah. mean by evil? Yeah, please. It's not just that I don't like you and I don't like your beliefs and you're evil because you don't agree with I. Evil is something much more malevolent, malevolent than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And evil to me is is a situation in which one person has harmed seriously, seriously harmed another person, or his. For for the perpetrator's own purposes. And there's there's just no moral justification. For what's going on here. None whatsoever. Under any standard of of moral engagement. That's evil. And the question is how do you engage somebody. Who's done an evil act. And really harm somebody. Uh, How do you engage them? And I I think you can't. I'm I'm not going to say it's always going to be successful. But I don't think you can turn your back on evil. I think people can be reformed. They can be transformed. If they're given an opportunity to tell their story and they feel empathically listened to, even if they're evil people, they're still human beings, they cool. they can change. Or at least they can at least begin to understand a little bit about what they've done. Now, whether or not there's a reconciliation, whether right. or not things are made right, whether or not we prevent this from having all open questions, you never know. Yeah. I mean, one of the things about being a peacemaker is that you're always living in anxiety, uncertainty, because you never know what's going to happen.
2: Yeah.
1: But we don't ignore it. We can't yeah. turn our backs on it.
2: Yeah, and I, I just want to really, I, I want to really explore this with you because it's no mistake. Uh, this year at um, the Emmy Awards, which just uh, were a weekend ago, uh, one of the top films for winning all sorts of awards was this women this film uh, or this you know short-term uh, television series I think it's HBO uh you, you know big little lies right with these women and you know the lives they live it, it, there could have been a, at least one to 50 pages out of that series where you watch this level of escalation and de-escalation one of the things that I will tell you, There is a scene from that that is literally taken an entire chapter out of your book. When you watch it, these two women who one comes to the other woman's house, not to confront her, but to to share with her that she understands her pain. And I'm reading the book and I'm watching it because I didn't watch the series all the way through. And I'm, I'm getting ready for this show. And I thought, oh, my goodness how beautiful is that? And what I'm now hearing you say, it's not just TV. It's not just Hollywood. This really does work. Is there a point though, that I want to ask you about where you got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them?
1: Well, sure. Um, As I teach this, these skills, Mm -hmm. I tell people, you are now have the power to create a deep empathic connection with another person. And you have to use a lot of discernment about when, Mm -hmm. You want to do this and when you don't, you have okay. no obligation to listen to people. You only listen to them when you want to. And when you think it's in your own best interest to do this for one reason or another. Okay. One of the funnier sides of this is I always tell my, my women graduate students, uh, as I'm teaching this, I said, I say, be very careful ladies, um, that, that, how you use this especially around single men and invariably i give them a homework assignment to go out and try this on a friday night and come back saturday morning and tell me tell me tell us what happened and the story that always cracks me up is a young woman very attractive student of mine uh, shows up saturday morning and i say okay so tell me what happened And i look at her and i say so tell me what happened so and she starts to laugh and she said well i was in the starbucks line this morning and intending to use the skill on the barista like you taught us yesterday and this guy behind me drops all his papers on the ground so i bend over politely and pick him up and i look at him and i I say you must be really frustrated and embarrassed that all this happened and he looked at him and he said i couldn't get him off me he was was, all of a sudden started hitting on me like crazy it was exactly what you said would would happen." we all started laughing i said i'm telling you this stuff is powerful don't stick around with this stuff, <laughs> you
2: know? <laughs> so, well, well, it but you know, it's it's part of the learning, though. And, you know, this is what you teach people. We're going to take a short break. and we come back, we're going to talk with Doug about, listen, you know, can anyone do this? Is this something, the tools, learning exactly what Doug talks about in the book, the work he does, can anyone learn this? What do you need to have to learn de-escalate? Stay how, about
1: tuned. I, how about if I give them the secret tips when we come back?
2: I love it. That's the secret.
1: All right. We'll give them the three secret steps.
2: Let's get it. We'll be right back, everybody.
0: Thrive is what we experience when our mind, body, and soul operate as one.
2: When we thrive, we excel on all levels. Thrive is the mindset that matters. It is essential to our being. Have you ever found yourself looking for the instruction manual on
0: how to thrive? You'll find everything you need to help you feel strong, powerful, and peaceful in your own body. So don't waste any more time. Visit thrivebygen.com today. Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. In this day and age, if you don't reinvent yourself, you may never find balance, peace, and the sustainable life that is your birthright. Angela Watson Robertson, known as the Reinvention Warrior and the host of Breakthrough Radio Show, Masters of Reinvention, is here to help you reinvent every area of your life. Tune in and hear from the best in the personal transformation business and discover tips and tools for positive change. Live every month on Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to the Psychic
2: Professor's Show, The Voices of Spirit Radio, with international medium and spirit artist Dr. Susan Barnes on Transformation Talk Radio, featuring a variety of spiritual topics such as psychic art, spiritualism, EVP, psychic development, and
0: mediumship. This hit call-in show provides listeners with breakthrough wisdom to enliven and enlighten
2: their lives. Visit spiritartgallery.net for show days and times.
0: Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net.
2: Everybody, welcome back. We're talking about de escalate your life. Uh, we've talked about why and we've talked about what. And, you know, Doug Knoll is joining me here today. He is the author of this fabulous book. Uh, it is a must read for any of you out there, whether you have children, not children, whether you're in communities, lively in action, whether you're in relationships with significant others this is the way you get some help. You get a remedy. Um, And for those of you out there, 1-800-930-2819, copy of the book. Doug, again, uh, before we tell uh, folks about the the secrets, um, how can they find out more about you?
1: Website, really simple, D O U G N O L L dot lcom And if you forget that, just Type in my name, Doug Knoll or Douglas Knoll. I'm all over Google. Really easy to find. But DougKnoll.com is my primary website. You can learn more about me than you'd ever care to know by going there.
2: Awesome. Okay. We're going to share some tips now because we were talking a little bit during the break. And, you know, we're not going to know what works until we try. Chances are we're not going to try if we don't know what to do. So you're going to help us out.
1: (laughs) That's right. Take out a pencil and paper. There's going to be a quiz at the end. I'm a law <laughs> professor. I can't help myself. All right. Step number one: You're you're confronted with somebody who's really escalated. It's a two-year-old having a tantrum, or your spouse, your husband, your partner, or your child, or maybe a coworker. This is what you're going to do. Step number one: You're going to ignore the words for the next 90 seconds. It's just noise. You know what they're saying anyway. So why pay attention to it? They're cussing you out. They're screaming. They're yelling. They're going crazy. They're being disrespectful. They're being vile. It doesn't matter. Ignore the words. Got that? Drill that in. I ignore the words. Step number two, guess at what you think they might be experiencing emotionally. What are their feelings right now? And of course, you're going to see anger and frustration, but there's going to be stuff underneath it too. Look for the stuff. Don't look for the presenting emotion, the anger, frustration, whatever it might be, but then look underneath and say, what else might there be? And then the third thing you're going to do, and this is the secret sauce and the counterintuitive part to all of this, is you are going to reflect back the emotions that you've guessed at to the speaker using a very simple you statement. So I'd say, Pat, you are really angry. You are so pissed off you can hardly see straight. You're really frustrated. Nobody's listening to you. You feel completely unsupported. And you feel kind of sad and lonely because it looks like you've got to do this project all by yourself, and that's making you Really, really angry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's, how, that's all you do, just like that. And you wait. And you watch for three th- four things. You're looking for a vertical nod of the head. Yeah, uh-huh. And you're listening for that. Yeah, uh-huh. Exactly. Verbal response, a dropping of the shoulders, and a deep sigh of relief. When you see those four things, all of which are involuntary, the speaker doesn't even know that he or she is doing that, then you've touched, touched them in a very deep way, and you've de-escalated. And then you can move on to problem-solving. And that's the next step is what do you do after you deescalate? You've got to move into problem solving. Usually you do that. Sometimes deescalation is sufficient to itself. Mm -hmm. But that's the secret. Now, here's where people get hung up. (coughs) They don't use you statements. You have to use a you statement for this to work. If you say what I think you're feeling, Pat, is that you're angry, that will never work. (laughs) That will just piss people off. Do not Mm -hmm. use I statements when you're talking about somebody else's feelings. You have to use you statements. And the second thing that you don't do. If you don't ask a question, Pat, are you angry? (laughs) Don't you? Yeah, you're laughing because people have done that before and all it does is make you angrier. Of course I'm angry. How come you're not listening to me? So it's a very, it's, and it feels, you have to be a little vulnerable about this and you have to be willing to be wrong because sometimes you will be wrong. You can guess at the emotion, but remember you're guessing, you're not mind reading. And, but what's the beauty about this, Pat, is that if, if i I said, hey, Pat, you're really angry. And you, and you weren't angry. You said, no, I'm really frustrated. Oh, Pat, you're really frustrated. Yeah, I'm really frustrated. I just did it. Yeah. And my experience has been, that, and, and the science shows, that when you mislabel an emotion, you will get corrected immediately and you just come back with a correction. And people are so grateful that you are trying to hear them at a deep level, listening them into existence is what I call it, that you, that you are listening them into existence, that they will correct you and expect you to come back with a correction.
2: You know, I would imagine the thing not to do, if I could go to a not to do, is that, it. you you know, if you say, Doug, uh, you sound angry, or you're angry, or you're this, or you, you," whatever that is, and the person comes back and says, no, I'm not angry, I'm frustrated, and you say, well, it sounds more like anger to me, Doug, that 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 could be like, that's like a no-no.
1: That is a huge no no. That's a no-no you're right. interjecting your own ego here. You're gonna yeah. park your ego at the door. <laughs> can, and the beauty of it is, is if yeah. you ignore the words and pay attention to the emotions and only reflect back what you think they're feeling, you can park your ego at the door and then something else very cool happens. You go into a transcendent state of oneness. This is a spiritual practice too.
2: Yeah, it is. And you
1: will you will end up your ego will dissolve and you'll feel your higher self operating in the zone where you're completely impervious to whatever they might say to you, and yet you're completely one with them and able to understand and have compassion for them effortlessly. Mm. It's an amazing place to be, and anybody can achieve it just by doing these three steps.
2: You know, I want to just ask you this question because it's going to, and hopefully we'll have enough time left. Even if we don't have access to the individual, right? Let's say we're not in front of that individual. We don't have a way to communicate with them. Does it help us on one end of it to express that?
1: Yes. I've seen this work in letters. Yeah, I've seen it work in, in texting and in emails. It works. Obviously, it works better if you're in front of a, you know, physically with a person. But it works. It will still work if you're communicating with another person in some way or another. And obviously the more distant the connection, such as texting or email, (laughs) going to be less effective than in person, but it will still work. And it has worked in letters in really beautiful and wonderful ways. A couple of the stories I describe in the book Mm. describe how that has happened. Um, Over the telephone, it works wonderfully. I've had, uh, I mean, just a week ago, I had an inmate, uh, a male inmate tell me about how he started using these skills and now his family, instead of wanting to get off the phone as fast as possible, want to stay on the phone and, and, and talk to him because he is listening to them, not trying to tell them what his experience is.
2: Wow. How freeing this, this must be for people, especially folks that feel like they don't really have an alternative to life that, you know, right. they have no destiny, they have no future. So, you know, this is a new pathway to freedom, isn't it, for it, folks?
1: It is. It's brand new. It's all based on new neuroscience and our understandings of emotions and what they are. And, um, and it is incredibly and powerfully effective. I mm-hmm. use this in my mediation practice on a daily basis in a, on a really hot case where, or conflict where people are really, really angry with each other. Yeah. I might do this 50 times a day to keep people yeah. calmed down. And it works and it keeps them focused again, calm down quickly. Then we can go back to focusing on, okay, what do we need to do here? What's the problem? How are we going to solve this?
2: And don't give up if we, if you don't do it, you know, quote, right. The first time, right? Well, yeah. It's like anything. You got to learn. Let's talk
1: about that. Don't, don't do this in really high risk situations to begin with. Do it. Like I said, go to your Starbucks barista and say, Hey, you look really happy this morning. Spend a week or two practicing this in really low-risk social situations where the risk of failure is very, very low. Until you have convinced yourself that it really does work, then you can start upping the ante a little bit and take on something a little more difficult. But if you try right at the beginning, you're going to be kind of you're going to be rough at it, and people might give you pushback like, oh, "Who the hell do you think you are, my psychotherapist?" Mm-hmm. And and I mean, and so you'll get that pushback when you when you are not subtle enough. So you have to learn subtly. It has to become part of you and part of your conversation. And then when it does, it it will be magical, what you will see.
2: Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Thank you for today. Thank you for the time. Thank you for your generosity. And I have one last question. I'd love to know your personal message. I'd love to know what you you would like to leave us with here today.
1: Uh, Peace is not a noun. If Mm. we want peace in our lives, which means not the absence of conflict, but the, but the ability to maintain centered and, and calm in the, in, in the midst of chaos. If we want that state to be around us, we have to work at it. And so if we want peace, we have to, we have to do peace. And we do peace by starting with this foundational skill of learning how to listen to the emotions of others <coughs> and reflect that emotional experience back with a simple use statement that allows them to be listened into existence. And that's the beginning of it all. Once we can do that, Everything else falls into place, but we have to take that step if we want to do peace.
2: And I just want to say to everybody, everything is outlined in the book. Uh, Go to Amazon, check it out, de-escalate. My very special guest joining me here today, uh, Doug Doug, thank you for today. Thank you for all that you're doing in the world. Thank you. Awesome. We're going to take a short break, everybody. Uh, We're not done yet. Uh, Got more coming up here on the Dr. Pat Show.